Welcome to episode 38 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, Amber and I cover chapters 86 through 89 of Tracy Wolf's Crush. And in these chapters, we get the tail end, haha, no pun intended, of the dragon boneyard scene. Plus, we have a little bit of tension between Grace and Jackson in terms of their mating bond. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. All right, we are on episode 38. I can't believe that there is there are like, what, 40 hours more than that floating around of me and Amber talking about Crave? <laughs> that is more than an entire day's worth. You could listen from start to finish and still have more after an entire day's worth of listening. And then you could get on our YouTube channel and listen to all of the ASMRs, which are like 30 30 minutes each. And then you can go to our YouTube channel and watch the brand new Crave Series Bookish Box unboxing that I did, where you can see what my face looks like. Did you watch that, Amber? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> well, I didn't. I, it's funny. I need to subscribe to the channel on the channel that actually has my um, notifications set up for my phone. I have so many different YouTube accounts. Not even a subscriber. Tisk tisk. No, but but how unprofessional would it be for me to subscribe with all five of my accounts? Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Yeah, I did the unboxing, um, and I showed off the the books. That I got from Bookish Box. And when I introduced myself, I was like, what's up, guys? I'm Starla, the one who doesn't have the British accent. <laughs> <laughs> like the the uh, process of elimination of as to who you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I thought it was important, an important distinction to make. But um, Amber, just in case somebody's like, hey, you know what? This podcast seems cool. I'm going to give episode 38 a listen. Do you want to tell them what sound that they should look out for in the event that they don't want the series spoiled for them because I have a, a uh, court spoiler. I thought you said salad. A salad. What salad. What salad do they need to look for? <laughs> what salad do they need to listen out for? A Caesar the salad? salad Niçoise. Nice, a nice little <laughs> tuna Niçoise salad. Yeah. Um, so the sound that you need to look, listen out for, as with every other week of this podcast, is, of course, the wolf howl. And it sounds just like this. Woo! <laughs> and that wolf howl signifies that everything up until that point has been specific to the chapters that we have read. And then everything after the howl will be either points that we want to make based on the chapters as for like foreshadowing or things that are going to happen in the like coming chapters. So if you have not read past at least court, because apparently... Starla's going to ruin mean, things. It's not a back. Uh, <laughs> it's not like a back-breaking spoiler, so it won't. It won't be that bad. But you never know. Yeah, we yeah. might. We might banter and say something. So, but anyway, we don't want. We don't want to ruin the surprise. So, if you haven't read up until that point, drop out once you hear the wolf howl and come back when you have read it. Uh, we know that Court is a very, very long book, and it takes a lot of people a long time to read. <laughs> so, and then there's us who read it in, in like a day. Yeah, we've got issues. Yeah. Okay, it's good though because I can't remember everything because I read it so fast, which will make the reread very fun. But um, well, I, I'm hoping to have my physical copy by then because uh, Starla's very generously gone out and bought me one, and um, still have not shipped it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the special editions because in England we don't really have any special editions um so i'm waiting for that one so that i can actually because taking notes when you're reading on a kindle is really hard wait until you have and a i nice, don't know why the hardbacks because you've yeah. got paperbacks there I, I, I have i have both oh okay <laughs> i just don't have caught in either <laughs> i have i have like i'm going on like Three, four. I have four copies of the first book, and I have three, four copies of the last book as well. One of them's well, yours, though. You definitely so. have a little collection going. I know. A collection of the same books. All <laughs> right. So last we left off, the the gang, the, the crew, they were at the Dragon Bone Yard, and... Dragon bones started falling from the sky and one fell on Jackson and knocked him out. 
And now we are in this scene of pure chaos of, of bones crashing all around everybody. So Amber, it looks like because you read first today, you've got the first note. <laughs> yes. Um, so there is obviously a point where Grace notices that Jackson is down and tries to run like directly for him and everything's falling and crashing down around her. And Hudson says like, stop. Okay, go. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like somebody sat on the side of the road teaching their child how to cross the road. Just like, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, now. Um, and yeah, it was just like a very protective move of, of her, but also he knew that there was no way he was going to be able to stop her from going to like make sure he was okay. So he just he talked some sense into her. Yeah, he was like, um, "Please don't die on the way to go and check that the rubbish boyfriend you have is <laughs> okay and still alive. He's a vampire. He's going to survive." And I think this is the issue with Grace is that she doesn't ever consider the fact that he is supernatural and being knocked out by a bone isn't really going to do too much. Yeah, the worst, I mean, the bones have to stop eventually. All they said was that a dragon died, which meant that that particular dragon's bones were going to fall, but then they would have stopped. And I just thought to myself, what a beautiful way to honor the dragons. Bones falling from the sky and exploding. Like, can you imagine if a human funeral was like that? You just, you walk in, everybody sits down, and then grandma just falls from the sky and explodes. <laughs> I don't, I just, that's terrifying so. <laughs> Oh, God. Six cents of humor. At least one person listening laughed. Oh. <laughs> I don't understand the reasoning for it. <laughs> Boom. Because that had to be a spell, right? They could have they had, had it to float down gently. Yeah. But also they're exploding before they are reaching the ground. That's true. They're, they're like fireworks. You know the scene in Bug's Life where they get the grass seeds and they explode yeah. in the air? Like that. That's how I'm... <laughs> That's how I'm imagining it. Just like everything's splintering and shattering, but it's not like fireworks at all because everything has shards of bone. <laughs> Except for the one that hit Jackson. I, I just, I don't, under, I don't understand why the dragons thought, do you know what? It would be really nice if we added a spell to do this. Like, what's the purpose? Go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> so... Um, they they do manage to escape. Jackson's, you know, kind of, he's all loopy-doopy. Um, and then Grace decides to pull a dumb in her moment of trying to save Jackson. She pulls a stupid. Yep, the one thing they came here for, to risk their lives to get. She drops never picks back up and doesn't even notice by the end of the chapters that she was the one that drove it. She was like, oh, I had it. Where'd it go? Yeah. Yeah. I was annoyed. And no one else was like, no, either. And she's... Even Hudson, even Hudson didn't go like, stupid idiot. Like, ignore him. Pick up, pick it up. Yeah, because the vampires were able to pick up Jackson, no problem. So Grace wasn't carrying anything. She had one job She's and she failed because guilt she was having a World burdens. War II flashback. <laughs> yeah, she was talking about how, like, this this is definitely the, the reason why people have PTSD. Like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> like, your two minutes of trauma and she's equating it to being in war. Yeah. Mm, just like no like ptsd comes from um like for that reason because the way the, like ptsd can absolutely come from that oh yeah but it's the way but it's the way she was kind of matching up to to war vets who have systematically have to go out every single day and face it and, well, and she's like and, yeah we're just in the boneyard for like right now and watch their comrades get completely blown up like in a shower of blood and, and they're gore. all humans yeah she is literally with dragons and vampires <laughs> who can all hold their own. Except for her. And she can turn to stone. Well, I yeah, don't know she would she, be better At any off. point, she didn't turn... She never turned to stone at any point. Because she's got a dumb. I think that anytime <laughs> things get hectic, she literally has no idea what to do. Which, you know what? 
To be fair. Same. Yeah. Like <laughs> same when, go same. When everything goes wrong, my brain just flatlines and I'm just, uh, <laughs> no thoughts, just scream. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes with your, with your next note. Yeah. Uh, so have you ever genuinely feared for your life so much that survival becomes your only goal and you forget everything else? I don't think so, actually. I don't think that, I mean, the only moments that I have almost died... I was unconscious because I was, it was during childbirth, but I had a C-section and they completely took me out. Like I was, I was, I did, if I would have died, I would have been none the wiser. I would have just ceased to exist. Which is terrifying. I don't know whether it's terrifying, but also a comfort. Yeah. It's, You, uh, you would have never had the chance to build up that fear. I'm not afraid to die. I'm only afraid of what of seeing what kills me. I am afraid to know what like you leave behind. My thought is like if I were in a car accident and like what would my thoughts be? And I know that my thoughts would be like this is it. This I didn't get to do all the shit. Like I would just think <laughs> about all the things that I didn't get There's to so do. So many ice cream flavors I haven't tried yet. I know. I haven't even had all the Ben and Jerry's yet and all the Pop Tarts. So <laughs> But no, I don't think I've ever been in a in a survival situation like that. Um and I'm 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 gonna guess you haven't either. I fell off a cliff. <laughs> what cliffs? The great cliffs of the UK? There's the White Cliffs of Dover. There's the Needles in the Isle of Wight. There are cliffs everywhere. Our entire entire country is an island. <laughs> like, there are cliffs everywhere. Um, I was in uh, Torquay. So if anybody in uh, the UK knows, there's, there's a little, like, um, uh, tour bay in Torquay. And my brother and my father were crab fishing. With crab the, like, people. <laughs> you know, like there's like spools <laughs> for crabs. They're bright orange, and you just kind of wind it up. No, we put a piece of bacon on the end. I live in Ohio. Well, you put uh, a well, piece of bacon on the end. That's how you catch crabs with bacon. Yeah, yeah. That's how you catch me. You put bacon on the end of a string. I'll chase <laughs> Not it. Not raw, raw bacon. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and that's also how we fed our tadpoles as well. So. There you go. Just a little bit of t- trivia there. But yeah, they never shared, never once let me have a go. Um, maybe this is why I hate crabs. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, they never had let me have a go ever. And I just kind of walked off in a strop and I slipped on some seaweed and literally fell head first down the cliff. Um, and like you can imagine, it's like as a eight, nine year old, I think I was. I had no concept of how to save myself. Like, you're falling off a cliff. Like, there's just gravity is against you. There's no way that you can even save yourself. And literally, I think the only thing that stopped it was my dad managing to just notice and grab my foot. Like, absolute dad reflex. You know, those, like, stupid Vine videos that you watch where dads suddenly have superhuman speed and strength. Yeah. And, yeah, he grabbed my foot and just slowly inched me pulling me back up the cliff but yeah that moment was just like uh, i need to like be as light as possible i don't know how to do that um you start like scrabbling up the cliff because you're panicking and then you also have that feeling of absolute embarrassment because the reason why you fell off the cliff was because you were in a strop (laughs) just like now yeah the question is did you break out in relief laughter no I no. didn't. You no, cried, didn't I you? Had, I had, no, I didn't. I was in absolute shock. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Um, but they managed to catch a crab and <laughs> I kept it in a bucket and I called him Hercules and brought him back to our little holiday home, the little caravan that we were like. My dad didn't have the heart to say, like, no, we're going to put him back because clearly I'd almost died. <laughs> you can keep the crab as a souvenir since you almost died. Yeah. And I think my dad was like, she clearly can swim. So if she did fall off the cliff, she would have been able to swim. But if you look down at the cliff, that's that's not swimmable water. That is like craggy rocks and sharp shards of like stalagmites and stuff sticking out of the ocean. Um, I would have been dead. You would have and got shish kebabed. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, as an eight-year-old, I had absolutely no concept of it. I was, it was obviously scary. Um, and I was like, I must get myself up to the top of this cliff. 
but I didn't actually think of the the gravity. The lol. Like, <laughs> didn't think of the gravity of what had just happened and what could have happened. I think that yeah. in a because I in your next note you said that you were surprised no one broke out in that relief laughter that everybody does at at the end of a you know in a movie after intense scene yeah but like but, oh that was a that was a lucky escape and like you literally put yourselves in that position why are you suddenly relieved that you didn't die i i don't go into relief laughter i go into like i start hyperventilating crying after the narrow <laughs> escape oh, no. i'm i'm just it, it's like it all catches up to me afterwards it's like a rubber band that gets pulled too tight and then snaps and af- there is psychology. There is psychology why you laugh after a scare. Um, and it's usually to um, downplay what just happened to you. Yeah. So that the other people in the group feel less nervous around you. Um, uh, laughter is an appeasement gesture. Like if you if you go back to like, we're not humans, we're like baboons. Imagine like that, like we're like chimps, we're apes. Uh, and that laughter, that smile is a, is a social thing that you do it for the other person. You don't do it for yourself, but it's to relieve tension in the group. If you fall over on your own and it hurts, the one thing that could kind of make it feel a little bit better is by laughing at yourself. But it always comes across really weird when you see it in a movie because it, it's fake. It's, it's like so put on. Um, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Tracy didn't put it in because that means that nobody when it comes to the movie is going to have to put it in. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's really uncomfortable to watch because I'm like, so like the only reason that you're laughing is because you are trying to make everybody else in the group feel okay that that just happened. You put yourselves in, like, harm's way. They all knew that there was a possibility that they could die. At both the Ludes tournament and in the Dragon Bone Yard. I think that... And so far, no one's dead. In the movies, they're going to put both, both scenes, hysterical laughing. I mean, here's the thing with movies, especially for a YA audience... We have to remember that the whole scene of Edward Cullen climbing a tree and you better hold on tight spider monkey did not exist in the books. That's, that didn't happen. They didn't climb a tree. They went through all the effort to figure out how to hook Robert Pattinson and Kirsten Stewart up to a crane that would rocket them up a tree and make it look like they're jumping from tree to tree. All it that did not make it for, look like it. <laughs> for a scene that didn't even happen. So for all we or know, look real. <laughs> they're going to, yeah, for all we know, they're, Jackson will look over at Grace and be like, you better hold on tight, porcupine. And <laughs> then he'll just explode in place and sparkle. Yep. I mean, no, like he might call a polar bear or something. They'll ride Equally away on cringy. a polar bear. Moose. 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 Uh, what, what are the... Because there's, there's a few YA books that I've read and I've just cringed at the little nickname Nick- that they give each other. I wolf you. <laughs> oh, God. That actually made me inwardly cringe. Yeah. Which is... I actually felt so uncomfortable. Secondhand and I was embarrassment. Like, is this just, I was like, is this just me? And because... Clearly, they would ne- like. Surely, they would never say that in front of anybody else, right? <laughs> uh, That's not a public declaration. Like, if you got married and you're like, "I wolf you very much," you're like, "Ew, stop, stop." And it's never, yeah. it's never anything like sh- like what real couples would call each other. I'm like, "Oh, this is my snooky wookie bear." Like that's that's the stupid shit that I call my husband. I I do that just to just to Ingest. be silly. Yeah, it's I oh, come yeah. here, pookie wookie, snooky wookie bear, and and nobody's gonna do that in a in a YA. No, my husband calls me B. <laughs> like just the letter, or like a bumblebee. Just the just the letter, because he said amber, am does not sound great as a shortened version. <laughs> So he was like, I just, I just call you, I'll call you B. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's very strange. Just like the nicknames that like sometimes feel a bit forced in YA. 
Um, and then also the ones that are like immediately give you just red flags and you're like, oh, no, like, stop. Um, the Plated Prisoner series, he calls her precious and it... <laughs> That's what you call your poodle, like your little white <laughs> yeah. cat. Yeah, no, there's a few. There's like Starling. Um, yeah, there's some really just ew. No, I don't like pet ew I, nicknames. I don't like I don't like pet names in books because they're never good. They're I mean we're better at it. Hutters Hutters is cute. We've got other people <laughs> saying uh, it. There's also um, the Zodiac Academy. Uh, Orion calls. Darcy blue, which I quite like, but it's because she has blue hair, um, and it turns into like a a whole trope of blue means you like me, um, which is really toxic. And please don't ever let a teacher have a relationship with you, please. Mm. Uh, I've done it; it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Take it seriously. Take, take the advice from Amber. Yep, you'll regret it in twenty years. You'll be like, what was I thinking? <laughs> Um, um, yeah, like I'm glad that no one in the series has a really embarrassing nickname for each other that is just cringy. What you mean like New Girl? Yeah, but New Girl like is kind of universal. Yeah, even when she's not new anymore, though. Yeah, but they haven't had anybody else new. That's true. She's the only one. Other than no, Xavier's new. Yeah, but he'd been there for a year. Oh, okay. You're right. She's newer than he is. Definitely. (laughs) All right. So you have a good question because they wake up the next morning after they get home. It's like the scene at the Dragon Boneyard. Macy opens a portal and then bam, Grace wakes up in her room and Macy is dancing. Dancing with loads of cuts and bruises all over her body. And yeah, it made me ask like, can you not glamour away like cuts and bruises? And what would the be what would the ramifications of be like would be for that? She can heal people, can't she? hasn't Hasn't Macy done healing? She can. She can heal. She can heal. Or was it was it Grace that did all the healing? Grace does do some healing um, using. She the doesn't earth. know how to do it yet. Yeah, but Macy. I spoilers. <laughs> yeah, well, it's nothing. It's nothing that I think is detrimental to the story. But Macy does do some healing in Covet. So. But yeah. So like. She should be able to do it. So she does, does she not think that her cuts and bruises are worth it? Maybe it's not worth it for the sacrifice that it would take because if if she's channeling magic, it's usually there's a sacrifice involved, a personal sacrifice involved in the process. It might just not be worth her time. Or maybe she just, maybe paranormals heal quickly and it's like, well, they'll be gone by tomorrow. Or she doesn't notice them because of what happened last night and she's so happy that she's not. Yeah, that's true too. Because she's super excited because she of, got all the she's got all the serotonin. <laughs> because her and her and Xavier got to hold hands. This is the first time that we really get to see a good interaction with them. And in the Guide to Catmere Academy, we find out that um, they later go on a little date to the Catmere Planetarium, which that which is not a thing that any school has. No. Surely, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Hudson's kind of sitting back with a little bit of a snarky grin up until Grace calls him on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's because he's happy. He's happy to see Grace happy. For a minute. So far, so far it's been like doom and gloom. But you know when you watch your husband like nerd out, even though it's super embarrassing for him to like, if he was watching it back, you'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm really like embarrassed you saw that. But also you're looking at them and you're like, they're so happy. Oh, yeah. So it makes up for it, right? It's like when you take That's a, how I'm imagining. It's like when you take a baby to like a weird like baby concert or, you know, like Blues Clues Live, The Wiggles Live. You take your kid to that and you're just like, oh, my God, I hate this. But you look down at them and they're just like clapping their hands and happy. You're like, OK, yep. I can deal with it because you're happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, I love dancing. Absolutely love dancing. But I also know I cannot dance. And whenever I go to like a family do or um, a wedding or whatever, like it always takes me a lot of alcohol to be able to get up and dance. But once I'm there, I don't stop. And I I always don't want to see, like, I don't want to look over and see Scott watching me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, oh, now I don't feel the mood anymore. But he's like, it's so nice to see you happy. 
And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you just completely let loose. Like, you have not a care in the world. You are not looking at what people think of you. You're just having a great time. And I'm like, eh, don't say that. That makes me even less want to go out and dance. <laughs> like, you're just dancing with careless abandon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, it's oh. like Court, Court of Thorns and Roses when Feyre drinks the... Lucian tells her not to drink the whatever yeah the fairy wine and then she just like turns her head and chugs the entire bottle and he's like oh you shouldn't have done that and then she just like hysterically dances yeah yeah (laughs) yep that's me (laughs) so here's a here's a fun line that Macy says and I feel like this was a direct attack on Grace she says Uh, In reference to Xavier, he gives me butterflies, not like the, oh my gosh, the most popular boy in school is in my room butterflies, but real butterflies because of who he is, not what he is. And Grace is like, Jackson makes me feel that way too. Um, No, he absolutely does not. But, well, yeah, and, and Macy calling out, not the, or not like the, oh my gosh, the most popular boy in school is in my room, which is exactly what Grace thought in Crave when Jackson came to her room. And she said, because of who he is, not what he is. Grace absolutely simped over Jackson for what he is, for being that powerful, you know, leader of the school. of darkness. Prince of darkness. Vampire lord. Yeah, exactly. He's such an edgelord. He is. He is the kid who, I mean, here's the thing. There is the emo kids that like you look at them and you're just like okay that makes sense but then there's like the kid who starts out wearing like preppy clothes and then they come back the next year and suddenly they're like the butters goth kid where just all of a sudden (laughs) they've they've got like they're all drinking coffee yeah they're drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes and you're just like what did the goth kids in south park say they said (laughs) go put your banana public clothes back on right now (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, I love Butters Butters is my favorite he, I, I love when he does the vampire episode and he's just like nah. <laughs> nah. And me, and me and my husband regularly walk around the house going Lou 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 so um, speaking <laughs> of speaking of you know having your your gothic edgelord lair Grace. So I actually think this is my favorite scene. My, I think this is my favorite scene in the whole whole book. And it's just I, the the way that it makes me feel is just so, just horny. He know he kn- <laughs> <laughs> he knows what she's painting, and doesn't say anything. And it's very re- the moments where Hudson is quiet are the moments where you know that he is overwhelmed with some kind of emotion or knows that that is an appropriate moment to shut up. And this is one of those scenes where he doesn't say anything for a very long time. And when Hudson's stunned for words, you know that something's going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, when Grace is saying that the thing that she had to paint, she was like, I, I've, since I've come back, I've been compelled, I've been compulsed to paint this and I don't know what it is I don't know where it's from I just know like the deepest darkest parts of my subconscious is telling me it's screaming at me to paint this this picture and the fact that he recognizes it and is like so overwhelmed with emotion the fact that she does remember even if it's some part of her that she doesn't she's not aware of that just is like a a, like goosebumps moment it's just like oh yeah, yeah. And, and his voice is inquisitive. He's like, he, it's not even a question. He's just like, so you do remember? Like he's, he's just holding on to that little bit of hope. Yeah, and then when when he does say it's my lair, the sentence that follows is the like, um, and there is a millennia, like encased in those words. And it's like it's not just oh like it's it's my room, it's like his favorite place in the world, right? It's a place designed just for him. Yeah, the way that he says it is like that's my home, not like that's my bedroom or that's the place I grew up. It's uh, that's my lair, and then it's and there was a millennia encased in those words. It was like a a resonating like you've just 
painted my soul. You've painted who I am, where I am, where I live. That's my place. And he can't actually go home right now. So maybe it means even more to him. Yeah. And you get a little bit of the extent of what it means in court, but I don't think that we're going to, we're not going to understand the true extent until charm. So (laughs) I'm very excited about that. But so um, Grace ends up going up to Jackson's tower because they're about to go to the assembly. Yeah, to get the bloodstone. And Jackson. Jackson's I, rubbish. Oh my God. I, I hate <laughs> this entire scene. I hate, him. I hate him so much. So I start off with the one thing that's the most, like, the least useful thing to say to somebody when they are nervous is don't be nervous. <laughs> Hey, like, thanks. Don't, don't be anxious. Oh, thanks. It's like I'm I'm depressed. Well, you should stop that. <laughs> thanks. Perfect. I was I, I was avoiding doing that, but now you've told me, I now know what to do. <laughs> I don't know why it didn't occur to me to begin with. <laughs> uh, I, was yeah. like, I woke up on the side of the bed thinking, what is wrong with me? Why am I so nervous? Oh, it's because I shouldn't be. Okay, I'm sorted. <laughs> Rest of the day, breeze. And then Jackson <laughs> intensifies it because the phone rings and it's Jackson on the phone with his mom and he leaves the room. So Jack, oh. <laughs> she can't. I, I, have an, I have an entire point about this. Yeah. Okay. So I said, my husband will answer calls and he'll have the entire conversation wherever he is at that moment. If he walks out the room, I'm immediately suspicious. Um, The only reason that he'd ever leave the room is if the background noise was like too loud for him to hear the phone, such as a party, or he was trying to discuss something that he didn't want the person in the room to hear. So why doesn't Jackson want Grace to know what he's saying with his mum, especially if all they're talking about is the fact that his mum wants to kill Grace? Like, why would he not want Grace to feel in the know? Or prepared. Yeah. It would be even I mean, even then, like it would be better to just let Grace get in on the conversation so that she goes into it more aware. Now, I am a I am a pacer. So when I am on the phone, I am walking all around. And you'll notice that when we Marco Polo each other. Oh, Amber, absolutely. Yeah. I am never st- I will go outside. I will walk around my house. I will pace up and down the steps. I am always moving when I am talking on the phone. And Mark gets the same way. He's like, you don't have to leave the room. And I'm like, no, I don't have to leave the room, but I do need to walk. Move. Yeah, I've got to walk a rut in the carpet back and forth because I can't just I can't just talk. Even during these podcasts, I keep um, like fidget toys. Yeah, I've got fidget toys on the desk to keep myself from like picking at the microphone. I'll sit here and like, like, <laughs> you probably can't hear that, Amber, but I scratched the microphone. No. <laughs> There's a, there is a meme that depicts um, telephone conversations perfectly. And it's someone on the phone, back on their bed, um, facing the ceiling. And they've got a broom handle between their feet brushing the ceiling (laughs) you're just like you're just like fiddling with things you can't have a conversation without feeling like you've got to do something with um signifiers like your your hands need to move but the person on the other end isn't going to see them um and apparently it's worse when you're lying if you're lying on the phone to somebody you will fiddle more because your brain tells you to uh gesticulate more to use your hands more to signify what you're trying to say is definitely real because you have to signify it with big large like non-verbal communication and so you fiddle more when you're on the phone when you're lying (laughs) maybe it's because i'm lying this whole podcast that's why i'm so fidgety oh yeah i'm just a big liar body language is my jam (laughs) it's my it's like my degree it's my absolute interest i was going to write my dissertation on whether i or not i could taste the lie because i have synesthesia not many people know it i think i have mentioned it before in the podcast early on i can take yeah i can taste colors i can see sounds i can um taste and smell and feel a lot of like 
abstract emotions and things like that. And one of the things was that sometimes I can tell when someone is lying and I couldn't work out whether it was because can I actually taste the lie or am I just better at picking up the markers associated with someone lying? Um, but then my dissertation like theory got like thrown out and they said like, this is too difficult a subject to do as a just um, a BA degree. You should probably do this as like a master's thesis because it's a bit more <laughs> in depth. Uh, so it's like, okay. Uh, so yeah, um, it absolutely is my jam. And uh, I think that's why I enjoy reading so much is because you get to see things in a different perspective when you're not having somebody talk to you face to face. Like reading it, I, there's no way of me interpreting it differently to what was said. And you can assign your own body language to people and give them and their also, own. Yeah. And nothing means that I'm wrong. Nobody can say, I think you interpreted this this scene wrong because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, no, because this is my opinion. It's the way I read it. I can't be wrong because it's your own imagination. Like, who says that Hermione is white with brown eyes? Yeah, like, that's that's one of the big arguments is that it's never been. It was never mentioned. No. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I I, I love reading for that me, that reason. But, yeah, talking about, like, nonverbal communication, like, fiddling and stuff. I'm wondering what he's doing in his other room. Well, he's probably Joking. using his... Dusting his wooden horse. Dusting his wooden horse. No, he's prepping up for the douchiest douche Ugh. canoe douche conversation with Grace ever because she comes out or he comes out and she's she, irreparable from this point yeah he, like her, she, he immediately lost my respect yeah and because like, no there's no way nope. I mean there ultimately is another person in the room just because he can't see it Hudson is there and Grace is you know stuck hearing Hudson and she's trying to kind of shut Hudson up but her trying to genuinely focus on what Jackson is saying by getting Hudson to be quiet and then Jackson is getting mad at Grace for paying attention to Hudson even though you're in my room right now like who the frick cares if she's in your room right now that would be like that would be like if if you came to my house amber with your husband and you were having a conversation with him and me be like no 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 no, you're in my house right now so you're gonna pay attention to me and you're gonna talk to me and you're gonna ignore him like i mean to be fair that's what we did do that is what we did but they were willing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then it gets even worse <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But I, I think it would have been worse if there was another person in the room. But his attitude probably would have been exactly the same. If there was a real human person in the room with a body and everything, he would sound equally as bad. That's just his character. Just, I hate him. He's, he's, he is not... I mean, he he loves his friends, clearly, but he also totes them around like little accessories, like little vampire. And I understand that there's a pecking order when it comes to vampires and yada yada. We don't need to get into the into the logistics for every all the Jackson defenders out in the audience. But he does not handle things in a healthy way, a mature way, and nope, in a way that is um, good for those around him. And then he goes and makes it. A gazillion times worse. Yep. Because he says that, oh, you know, there there is another way for us to break Hudson, you know, in your mind and to, to get Hudson which out. Immedi which immediately gets the attention of both Hudson and Grace. Immediately. Like, neither of them then carry on talking because it's like, oh, okay, you actually have something to bring to the table except your own ego. Okay, cool. We're listening. And then he ruins it. Yeah, he... He's like, we could just break the mating bond. Like, just like that. It's it's like Edward out just, in the woods. Like, like uh, I don't want you anymore. Just like, dick. Just absolute prick. I, 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 if me and my husband 
we're going through I mean, the thing is you can't really equate it because it's a supernatural thing like I can't say like if there was a person stuck in my head and I couldn't get rid of it that's a mental disorder like <laughs> a schizophrenia right even if I had schizophrenia or going through like financial struggles or one of us had depression or we had to like emigrate because of a job or like um I don't know like one of us had like a family bereavement like literally so many different issues that you could kind of just kind of put down as the example the 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 metaphor and my husband just turns around and says well we could just get divorced as a solution to our problem that's completely unrelated to our marital status like how upset would you be especially that, that would be the reason especially since they're like oh it's impossible but there's a spell like that he already had yeah and, and I, already considered and Grace is like, where is it? Where where are you keeping it? And I I just love that she naturally assumed that it was like written down on a piece of paper. Like, there's a spell. Where is it? Like my thought isn't, oh, there's a spell. I, I assume that it's how, I mean, how does he how does she not know that he didn't memorize it and that he could just use it whenever he wants? Whenever whenever he feels jealous that she's talking to Hudson again without paying any attention to him, that he could just do it as a retaliation. Like, that's how petty he is right now. And and Leah, she memorized a whole book for yep. the spell down in the tunnels. She was like, I don't even need that book. <laughs> I've memorized the whole thing because I'm a weirdo. Like, and, then, and, and then as as readers, we're just like, well, okay, sure. Even if they do entertain the idea of breaking the, the mating bond, how would that even result in the fixing of the fact that Hudson's in her brain? How how would it fix it, Starla? How, how would breaking the mating bond solve their problem? It, I think that it would just speed up the process of the Grace and Hudson situation. Mm-hmm. Like, but it doesn't it doesn't say how it's gonna make Hudson human, which is Jackson's objective. He said that Hudson cannot come back unless he is human. There is nothing in that Jackson and Grace breaking their mating bond that takes Hudson out of her head and turns him into a physical being. So and, and well, what makes it even, oh no, it, I'm sorry, he doesn't get to be removed. He he doesn't have energy to siphon. That's he. That's what it is. He's siphoning. The thing is, it. he own, the only reason that he's siphoning from Jackson is because he'd rather do that than siphon off of Grace. Which means he would kill but himself if, ultimately if their mating yeah, bond and were, Grace would have to watch it. Yeah, and I love how Jackson's like, it's fine. He'll just starve to death. And Grace is like, and I'll have to just sit around and witness witness that. it. Yeah. And whilst also not having my best friend and he like I would not have my mate with me. And he's like, Oh, well, I would still be around. And she's like, Yeah. As but you wouldn't be my mate anymore. That's like after you get divorced, like, oh, we can still say friends. Like, no. No, absolutely not. You can't. You can be civil with each other, you can remain together, like um friends and civil and like together if you have kids. But you're not gonna remain friends. Because one of you at some point is going to want to move on and whoever you're with is still going to say, well, that's still your ex-husband. Why are you still talking to them? That's weird. Right. Especially if you and don't other, have one kids. person's going to be upset. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be weird no matter what. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they could still have a relationship, but it's never going to be the same again. It's not like they're having a relationship having never known the bond to be there. It's they're having a relationship after the best form of a bond was ripped from them. Yeah. And they're trying to continue on knowing, and because there's definitely going to be some resentment too, it's going to be knowing that there was going to be another way around it and they chose the easy way around it. Yeah. And and that's what, like, they're, ja, or, uh, Grace is just like, no, we're, we're, we're not doing that. We're not talking about it. And Jackson's just like, okay, you know, that's fine. That's okay. Let's let's go to the assembly. And then Grace is just like still fuming over it. Like that's not something that will you can ever utter. You could never say the words, let's let's get a divorce and then be able to take it back as if nothing happened. Right, because then you always have those doubts. Like, what if they want to? Like, what if they? Especially if it, especially if it was because of someone else. And it's like, yeah, but you would still never have mentioned it had you not entertained the idea of being okay, right, with doing it. Because that means that they've had time to adjust to the what ifs that come afterwards. You just got slammed with it. 
And at no point did he say what he wanted. It was only when Grace asked, so do you not want to be mated with me anymore? He's like, oh, 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 of course, of course I do. But he never said that at the beginning. He's like, look, I do not want this as the reason, but there is another way out. I absolutely want to stay mated to you. But if it's your wish, if this is what you want as a way to solve our problems, then I might be okay with it because you wanted it. But at no point did he say that. It was, uh, we could just do this. Out of the blue, no preparation for her. There was absolutely no aftercare either. Like, that was a huge bomb dropped. She wanted a hug, but she also was so hurt. And he was like, I'll just hug you. And it's like, that's not comfort. That's not explaining to your partner what was going through your head at the time of either eventualities of him going to the blood letter without her going to the blood letter and getting a spell to break the bond making the decision to do it what made the decision of him not doing it throwing it in a bin and then also coming back up with the idea that that was how to save them anyway and also being 100 certain that it was going to kill hudson because at no point was the blood letter giving him the spell to break the bond for that reason. No one would know whether that killed Hudson. Yeah, other than... I mean, I, and, and even then, if they were to have done it, like, what what would happen if it didn't work? What What if it, you know... What if Hudson had no choice because he's so powerful? What if he just naturally started siphoning that life from Grace unwillingly? And then Jackson would have to watch Grace die. Yeah. And do nothing. He wouldn't be able to do anything. And then they would have to resort back to the original plan, which was what they were doing anyway. They're halfway through it. They've got two of the items. They've got enough items to bring them back. They've got four items, and instead of going, okay, we can do this now, he's like, how about we just get a divorce? Yeah. I would rather not be with you than bring my brother back as a vampire. Mm-hmm. I would rather... And, and, and Hudson brings it up. He was like, how much does he actually hate me? Yeah, because he... Hudson, at, at this point, there's not a thing in the world that would be worth losing grace for him which is once nope. again why hudson is the greatest and jackson sucks eggs um but <laughs> since your next point let's go into spoilers because i i want to we'll skip my first note um and go right into your spoiler note yeah um so my spoiler question is do you think that jackson always wanted to break the bond he never wanted to be mated I, think, I don't think he, he ever wanted to have a partner that made him stronger because he already thinks that he's stronger than anybody else. I don't think he wanted to be mated to Grace, but then after, you know, after a while... I don't think I don't think he loves her. Not... There's, there's a strong difference between being mated to and also loving someone irrevocably, and he doesn't love her. The way that he acts around her is very much like, you're my mate, you're my responsibility. Um... I'm attracted to you, but also I'm not going to do anything in order to make sure that you survive as a respectful partner. It's always a, you're my responsibility and I have to make sure you don't die. Very similar to how Cyrus and Delilah are. Because even Hudson said that, that if it were possible to break a mating bond, that Delilah would have left Cyrus. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't think that he ever wanted to be with her. I mean, he was never kind to her to begin with. The way that he spoke to her around the chessboard and then all of a sudden he had a mating board and at no point did he went, wow, this is a thing to cherish. This is a thing to look after and to love and to respect and make sure is, is, is cared for. Instead, his first knee-jerk reaction was to go to the blood letter and ask for a way to for it to be removed. Yeah, how do I get rid of it? Yeah. It's like a I've got this pet that like it's really cute and it's great and I've really wanted it and I'm and I'm I'm enjoying it, but it pees on my floor. I would like to get rid of Should it. I, can I rehome it? 
Like I, I want it. I want it to go to the best possible home, um, but also that home that has already presented it as as a, as the best home is not suitable because it's my brother's house, <laughs> and I don't want my brother to have it because it's still mine, and I can't be I can't face looking at my brother owning the pet that I let down. <laughs> Grace being the pet. <laughs> yep, and she's not a pet. At no point was she a pet. She she held her own at every point. The only times that she was like really flaky and pathetic were completely normal teenage reasons to be a wet lettuce. She would not be a good sub. No. Then again, Jackson would not be a good dom. No. No. He thinks he would. And we're okay with that. And we're okay with that because he can go and cry in a corner and be sad that no one was paying him attention. He's he's so narcissistic, but then comes across as that 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 he's like the god's gift to men and god's gift to women. And I'm like, you're not. You're a 17 year old boy who clearly hasn't got enough world knowledge to know how to respect people enough to know that they are equally as good as you. They just don't come from the same heritage. And even being as I mean. If we're talking about like his vampire age, he he hasn't learned a lot in that time. No, not at all. He acts like a seventeen-year-old boy, so obviously there isn't. And and Hudson is significantly more mature. So it's not just and a writing style. He's been dead for a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jackson's not learned anything in the year where he was the oldest. Especially after killing your brother, you would think that that would give you a little bit of you know maturity, right? Life experience, but. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I got sent to prison for murder. I gained loads of life experience. <laughs> I love that. Been no con- there's been no consequences to any of the things that he has done. There really hasn't. He hasn't gotten... There's there's nothing that has happened to him other than, I mean, being mated to Grace is kind But that's... Like, I don't wish bad for him. I don't want him to, like, rot in a hole or end up alone or any of this. I want to wish growth on him so that he becomes who he was supposed to be. And then he can find someone who he was supposed to be with, such as Flint. But he's not that at the moment. In court, we do see semblances of it where he is actually a bit more of a grown-up compared to Covert, definitely. Um. I mean, even Hudson annoyed me in court. Yeah. He I and I don't know if it's the novelty of Hudson. I don't know, like we we've gotten being used vulnerable. To, yeah. I, well, and it's it, we've gotten used to him where he's not the taboo anymore. He's the constant. And maybe it's yeah. just because we like you and I are perverts and we like the taboo. Um but even he pulls some jacks and he moves. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about consent as well. Like the way that Jackson was talking to Grace as if he was planning on ripping apart their mating bond without even asking whether that was something that she wanted. Because at that point, she didn't even know that they were mates. It would just be an emptiness that she couldn't explain. It could have spiraled her into a depression that she couldn't understand. It could prevent her from ever finding true love because what she was supposed to have, you know wasn't there yep and he was willing to like put that upon her without her even being aware of it that's not love yeah mean mean boy mean boy (laughs) jackson mean boy like absolutely hudson is his he is not 100 percent the best man out there i mean there's no such thing really um everyone has their own faults um but so far, the only person that has provided a consistent, safe place for Grace is Hudson. And he's just a figment of her imagination at the moment. The thing is, he always he always considers what's going to be best for her and his brother and everyone else. And then he always puts himself last, which isn't healthy either. But it shows that he but takes... that's what a ruler does. Yeah, he takes time to be empathetic and to think of the needs of others before putting himself up Whereas on a pedestal. Jackson, Jackson's doing that. He's thinking of the world and what, what sacrilege it would be to release Hudson, the full vampire, onto the earth without even considering the fact that they should all die 
in order to get him to be returned as a human. But he doesn't I mean, even he doesn't even think of the possibility that maybe Hudson would be okay, or that maybe Grace is on dies. to something, or dies, <laughs> or dies, <laughs> or dies. Like he's literally willing to sacrifice her because otherwise he wouldn't consider going to the he wouldn't consider going to the Dragon Bone Yard. He wouldn't be considering going to the Unkillable Beast, which he's got literally the kernel of information. Like he's got nothing. He's got maybe the island at which he thinks that the unkillable beast lives on. And and now we're in the spoiler section. Like Xavier dies on this island despite Grace being adamant that they should not go. And if we want to get real technical about it, imagine if they would have pulled off killing the what is essentially the gargoyle king. Like, what if they killed him? He was the gateway that helped Grace to be able to find her court, to be able to, you know... Defeat Cyrus? To beat Cyrus. Like, if they would have just bumbled in just to keep Hudson from becoming human, which really, in hindsight, was not that big of a deal either way. And and she would have never been able to get his powers in order to win the Ludares match to basically save her life. She wouldn't have been able to be saved by Cyrus's eternal bite because Hudson wouldn't have been able to save her and pull her out and crumble the stadium. And there's so many things that, that all would have went and wrong. One thing you haven't mentioned is, can you imagine the wrath of the blood letter? Oh, yeah. If she found out Grace killed her mate. Yeah. Like, and I don't even think that it would be angry bloodletter. It would be angry grandmother of you are just a disappointment to me. Right. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Um, And then also, likewise, if Grace got killed by the unkillable beast, the unkillable beast would have never been set free. No. He would be forever a gargoyle. Gargoyles would have gone completely... Extinct. They would have died. Yeah, because all of the other gargoyles that are kind of stuck in time, they would have just remained there. Yeah. Um, Jackson's rubbish. He is. That's (laughs) that's the whole point, is that Jackson is a butthead. Um, So, in court, we got to see Hudson, you know, took the the gang to his lair when they were about to go to the, the vampire court, and I thought that it was very humorous that, you know, the first part of his lair was, like, this trashy, ghetto, like, nasty house. They, all I could think when they entered it in court was, like, they didn't even close the front door when they went in. Like, I'm just imagining the nastiest, like, I don't know, like, frat-looking house ever. <laughs> and I'm like, what if, what if Grace would have painted that part of the, <laughs> that part of the lair? Like, <laughs> pop cans in the corner, a rat scuttling across the baseboards roaches roaches uh, like a a mysterious ashtray with random drug paraphernalia in it like i don't know i've I've seen some pretty trashy houses um so i can only imagine what it would have looked like and yeah I, i i hope that in charm we do you think that he would have recognized it as well as much yeah, it's like the. Up- like, why did you, why did you paint that part of my house? <laughs> That's what you remember. Ew. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what's the worst part of your house? Like, if if anybody was to like paint a picture of your house or take a photo of your house, what is the one place you're like, please don't ever back where the litter boxes are. <laughs> that is the painting that Grace does. Oh, <laughs> 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 just like, a, oh, why did you have to choose that part of my house? Like, there are so many other better bits. <laughs> it's like if you live in a mansion and they paint the broom closet. <laughs> or the downstairs toilet. <laughs> exactly. The, the one that nobody yeah. ever uses and it starts to get that sediment around the ring because it hasn't been flushed in so long. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yep. <laughs> and it only has vanilla airspray <laughs> that has that slight tinge of poo. <laughs> poo and no matter vanilla. how no matter how many times you spray that vanilla scent, it always has that hint of poo because your brain is a start to associate it oh. with the smell. It's <laughs> awful. Can never look at custard in the same way. Poo poo and vanilla should be the episode title. Poo and vanilla. Poo vanilla. I think it's gonna be something about Jackson being a 
Douche boot. Douche canoe. All right, guys. What <laughs> vanilla and douche canoes? <laughs> Sounds like a uh, Bath and Body Works candle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that was episode 38. Um, I did an unboxing of the Crave Bookish Box series in place of an ASMR last week, and that is exclusively available on the Crave the Book uh, podcast YouTube channel. So be sure to go subscribe to that because we usually do weekly ASMR tracks that you can listen to while you read or sleep or clean your house or relax, or you can apparently leave them on for your pets because my dog, my dog likes the running with Xavier. I mean, she either likes it or it horrifies her and <laughs> con- confuses her. One or the other. <laughs> she, she looks, she looks stimulated though. So I'm going to assume she likes it, but, uh, thanks so much for listening guys. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.